The following is a message by Dr. Howell Jones of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, visit us online at westcal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. Would you turn with me to the Gospel according to St. Luke? Two portions of that particular gospel uh, from chapter 13 and then chapter 23. Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9. And Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Chapter 23, verse 26. And as they led Jesus away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of the people, and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. Turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Amen. May God bless to us his word. Here we have the first of our Lord's sayings from the cross. It is clearly associated with the particular moment in time or moments in time when he was crucified, either when he was being nailed to the cross or when that cross was raised aloft. Mark tells us in his gospel that happened at the third hour of the day, nine o'clock in the morning. And doubtless this statement has struck you as surprising. Neither of the criminals crucified with him spoke 
such words. They couldn't. They wouldn't. But in addition, this saying of his seems so straightforward, doesn't it? Easy to understand. Though I hope that when we have that reaction to anything in God's word, we immediately say to ourselves, it might be easy to understand at first sight, but it isn't that easy to appreciate. And that certainly ought to be our reaction to this statement. But it isn't as easy to understand. There are many questions that have to be considered in connection with it, even at the most basic level, in terms of its textual authenticity. This saying lacks support from some weighty manuscripts of the New Testament. However, it receives support from many others. And that uncertainty is not sufficient to discredit it at all. It appears in all our English translations, though occasionally a footnote draws attention to the fact that there is this uncertainty. It's much easier to explain how this saying came to be omitted than how it came to be included, given the seemingly favorable light in which it casts the Jews. But then, on an exegetical level, there are difficulties too. They know not what they do, didn't they? Of course they did. They all did. They went asleep, they went unconscious. They knew that they were crucifying Jesus of Nazareth. But did any know what they were doing? Really? None of them knew that behind it was the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. And the Apostle Paul says about them all, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. There's a depth of meaning in this expression. They know not what they do. And then what about them who are being referred to? The four soldiers who actually carried out the execution and subsequently parted his raiment? Or the centurion as well who was in charge of the whole proceedings? Or the whole Roman garrison before, whom he, before which he was paraded and crowned with thorns and clothed with a purple robe? Were they within the scope of this pronoun? And what about Pilate? And what about Herod? And what about the chief priests? And what about the Jewish people who preferred Barabbas to him and cried so loudly, crucify him, crucify him, as to make Pilate vacillate, which he was more than ready to do? We read in the book of the Acts of the Apostles that the Jews and the Gentiles, Herod and Pilate, were gathered together. Here is the, a mini-world involved in the blood of the Son of God. But then there are theological difficulties too. Forgive. Pardon. Absolve. Without repentance. For how many? 
for all? Why did he who had authority on earth to forgive sin not pardon them all, but instead utter these words? And how do we square it with John 17? I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me, for they are thine. There are many complex and important questions raised by this statement. Almost the entirety of it seems to be engulfed in uncertainty. But not all of it. There's one other word. A word, of course, that's noted. Father. But not adequately weighed very often. Of course, there are those who fasten on it and say, here you have an appeal to the universal father by the very epitome of a universal brotherhood and dissolve the whole atonement into sentiment and moralism. But that is not the way to consider this statement. Here, the Lord Jesus Christ is addressing God. Only three of the seven sayings on the cross are directed to him. One of them addresses him as God, the cry of dereliction. The other two refer to him as Father. The first of the sayings on the cross and the last. Here then, Jesus is in communion with his Father. The one who taught his people to address God in that way is now doing the same himself. But of course, that union between Father and Son exceeds, transcends anything that his people and his children can experience while in the body and on earth in terms of degree, but not in reality. There's something therefore very unique about this address. Jesus himself said, after the return of the 72 that he'd sent out, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank thee, Father, Lord, sovereign of heaven and earth, that thou hast hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. And he went on to talk about the perfect way in which the Father and the Son know each other, and also the true and the reliable way in which anyone to whom the Son reveals the Father knows the Father. It's that inter-Trinitarian knowing, communion, that is expressed in this term Father. We think of it too horizontally, too sentimentally. Here is the one who knows the Father, praying these words to him. And the Father to whom he speaks is the one who hears those words 
acceptably in terms of that perfect harmony and delight each in the other that is of the very essence of a God of peace not disturbance nor disagreement thinking then of this term in that way what we have is the one who never did anything or could do anything contrary to the father because he was the son of the father the one who never could say anything nor did say anything contrary to the father because he was the son of the father here in these words he is praying something to the father that finds an echo in the mind and heart of god most high here isn't just the gentleness of a pious soul here is a statement that is in keeping with and the answer to which is reflective of the immense boundless generosity of a holy god when he said father forgive them for they know not what they do that was a prayer that had to be answered it was in accord with the father's will but what can it mean <laughs> time and time again in the gospel of luke we have indications that the lord jesus christ thought of his ministry in terms of the year of jubilee you remember when he went to the synagogue in nazareth he took the scriptures he opened them isaiah 61 and he paused with the words to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord and didn't go on to say on the day of vengeance of our god the acceptable year of the lord we read uh, that little parable about the fig tree uh, which was threatened because it had borne no fruit for 3 years but a delay was introduced there was a postponement of what it merited it had forfeited its right to have place in the ground it needed to be replaced by something that was productive no give it another year now this word forgive that's used here has a wide range of usage and it's used surprisingly a number of times in leviticus 25 that speaks about the day of jubilee when you remember fields houses persons were no longer forfeit they were now given back of course the same thing could happen again and it would be another 50 years before they were all returned or the seventh year was a mini jubilee what this word can therefore mean is this don't don't judge now have you ever thought why the world didn't end when jesus was put to death they do these things in a green tree what shall be done in the dry remember the parable of the wicked husbandman 
servants after servants sent, beaten, killed, thrown out. I have a son, a well-beloved one. I will send him. And they said, here's the heir. Come, let us kill him. The vineyard will be ours. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy those wicked husbandmen. Now you put this prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ in that context. What's he asking for? He's asking the Father to hold back that judgment which is due on Jew and Gentile, on every human being, that there might be a year, a day of grace, an opportunity yet for those who don't know their right hand from their left in spiritual terms and think of evil as good and good as evil, to hear the word of the gospel and live. That's what happened on the first Good Friday. And that one year turned into 30 years before the fall of Jerusalem. God not only heard it, he answered it. The dying thief, the centurion, the crowd that went away beating their breasts on, with grief on account of what had been done. 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. Stephen understood this, I think, when he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And that prayer was heard and answered too. And there was a young man standing there, approving of all that were done. Why? Because he was convinced that the name of Jesus ought to be extinguished. And they laid their clothes at his feet. And you know his name. The young man's name was Saul. And he could say, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And that's where we are today. We are between the cross and the resurrection. And the coming again. It's a day of grace. Have you hidden in Jesus Christ? The wrath is coming. It's got to come. God will not allow the Son of God to be belittled. And don't let anyone tell you there's no such thing as the free offer of the gospel. Or the well-meant offer of the gospel. It's there, my friends. It's there in the very same blood of the Son of God that secured the salvation of each of his elect. As soon as nails pierced his body, he prayed, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that despitefully use you. The Father is that kind of a Father. And that's why you and I are Christians. Because Jesus Christ lived and died for us. Let us pray. Be pleased, O Lord our God, to keep us low at the feet of thy Son, to grant that by the Spirit that animated him, we too might be animated, so that our thoughts and desires, our words and deeds, 
might reflect that amazing, boundless kindness that is in thy heart toward a sinful world. We pray that thou wilt hear us in this and receive our thanks for ever including us in the company of thy people and enable us to be true children of the kind of father that thou art. For Jesus' sake, amen. Copyright 2007 Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.